0: Hi, this is Mac McGee from the armchair quarterbacks radio and YouTube live. We forgot to press the start button on the app, which records the podcast replay. So you will get the clarity at about the 15 minute mark just past that. But if you do want to hear the entirety of the show, we re-recorded it off of YouTube live and pasted it together. So here you go with the armchair quarterbacks leading off with the show was the national championship game and then we shift gears enjoy good morning it's time to wake up y'all you're listening to the armchair quarterback show we're here weekdays 8 a.m eastern 7 central to 10 a.m eastern 9 central available on google android apple iphone facebook live and periscope twitter tap that armchair quarterbacks app take us anywhere you go the armchair quarterback show your first choice for southern sports talk good morning mr justin waller
1: Good morning. I don't know much, but I know one thing. Ten days ago, this was the best number 11 we've ever seen in the country in the Ohio State Buckeyes. We didn't see it last night. Maybe Dabo wasn't that wrong.
0: (laughs) Hi, Mack McGinn. I don't know much, but I know one thing. The Nationals are opening a sports book at their baseball park this year. I smell a road trip. I mean, that's obviously after the COVID shutdowns and all the damn rioting ends, you know. Well, yeah, I, it, uh,
2: yeah.
0: either way, what? I, I got a feeling we'll be there. Johnny Ringo, the deadliest pistol ever since Wild Bill, they say. What do you think, darling? Should I hate him?
2: You don't even know
0: him. No, that's true, but I don't know. There's just something about him. Reminds me of
1: me. No, I'm sure of it. I hate him. He's drunk. In Vino Veritas. I take what I just... Come on, boys. We don't want any trouble in here. Not nearly like us Latin, doll. Evidently, Mr. Ringo's an educated man. Now oh, I really hate him. I'm chair. Community Access Channel.
0: He's the on
1: quarterback. He's for a
0: beer and he's for a snack. the all-American
2: man. Hey. Hey.
0: you, welcome to the Armchair Quarterback Radio Show. I'm Mac McGee, sitting alongside Justin Waller. Justin, how the hell are you, sir? <laughs> I
1: have to walk out my front door in about sixty minutes to number eighteen chance. I'm sure. So uh, I'm, I'm enjoying my inclusion right now. I'm 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 safe. I'm in my space.
0: Is that is that what the claim is now? Is it eighteen?
1: It's going to be eighteen, yeah. Either that or NASCAR is kicking up early, and Kyle Busch fans have run rampant in the mid south, uh, mid state area.
0: I thought it was uh, I thought it was like four hundred eighty two that they claimed. I I always keep I can't keep track of what they claim and what and what actually is. Um, but yeah, Alabama uh, roasted Ohio State. And I know a lot of people were probably shocked that I was pulling for Alabama. But my main reason was because I wanted Ohio State to be exposed for the frauds that they were. Nothing against the kids personally that played for them. But when you play a five-game regular season, you have no business in the national title game. Because if nothing else, the one thing that the national title and, and, and people are going to blow back and people look what they did to Clemson. But the thing about the national championship in college football is every year it's supposed to be a war of attrition, right? It's not be it's not supposed to be a sprint to five and zero or six and zero after the after their their conference championship. So what you're talking about when you're six and zero? What are we talking about? We're talking about in the middle of October is what we're talking about. How many teams are undefeated in the middle of October? Look great, but then by the time that they get to the end. Whether it's injuries or just having or just having to play elite football week after week after week, they don't end up getting there. So, Alex, so Ohio State doing what they did against Clemson, I equated it to a big upset in the middle of the season. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to go play for the national championship. But that's what they did. They essentially handed Ohio State and Big Ten. A, a ticket that they didn't deserve because five and O is garbage. Do I know that Texas A&M or whoever you wanted to put in there would have played a better game? No, but they would have deserved the, the invite. And that was my thing about the whole thing, but the game itself, uh, man, <laughs> I I do Most of those dudes are graduating. That's,
1: <laughs> That's what three husband yeah. trophy finalist, uh, on the same team look like. Um, I think, yeah. that
0: team, I think strangely enough, I think that team would have kicked the crap out of LSU's team from last year. It would have been close.
1: No, that, was, that was my first thought was, man, why did LSU have to be so far off this year? Um, I, I would have liked to have seen that. Uh, I mean, they got Don, the greatest college offense ever last season, and I think them three uh, – Jones, Harris, and Smith uh, got something to say about that. I don't know. But we'll never know. We can, all we can ever do is speculate which one is greater. But, uh, man, that was that was an amazing performance last night. You alluded to it with Ohio State and kind of took the joke from me, but uh, they looked inexperienced. I mean, what, them other five games would have helped them.
0: <laughs> you know, the uh, it just it, – it, it dumbfounds me, to be honest, that that team – was only what a nine-and-a-half-point favorite or whatever the hell it was because if you look at Alabama... Okay, first of all, let's compare him to last year's LSU team. Quarterback, I think i probably take Joe Burrow, but Matt Jones is one of those guys that...
1: I wouldn't bet against
0: him, right. but I think Burrow was a better quarterback overall. Just the fact that he went number one kind of tells you that he probably was, right? And then... To uh, top that off, running back, I definitely take Najee Harris. I mean, come on. That dude is just, that dude's a cyborg. He is not from this earth. And then wide receiver Devontae Smith is better than. The problem is, Waddle had the injuries. So I think the wide receiving Cordell issue was probably better top to bottom because of the Waddle injuries. If Waddle is healthy, it's a different discussion. But there's no one who, I mean, Devontae Smith, assuming he stays healthy, is going to have a, just an elite career. I mean, the guy, he's just, he's such a natural wide receiver. And I haven't seen that in quite some time where a guy doesn't look like, uh, you know, he's all he's all jacked up and, and has a hard time getting off the brakes. This guy is just, he's fluid and he's not top-end speed, and he can jump to the moon. And, oh, by the way, he can break tackles. And he's only going to get better once he gets in the NFL in their training table, right? So the biggest question mark, I think if you put them to – I think toe-to-toe the offenses are the same. I think the biggest question mark is who did have the better defense, and I don't have that answer because neither defense is – you know, I I tweeted this out last night, and I, I was serious about it. Do you think we'll ever see another elite defense again in college football? Because I don't think
1: think they're necessary. I I think think they're
0: extinct. I think they're extinct. I think uh, defensive coordinators are scared to uh, play any kind of a lockdown type of defense. The only way it's going to happen is if you get a team. I know this is an old reference, but like the old Florida State teams where their defensive backfield was so elite that they could just, they literally just went to man coverage and could jam guys at the line, and then they sent the house. And that's why Florida State was so good for was it, the 14, 15 year run where they're in the top five, it was because Mickey Andrews' defense. It was nothing fancy what Mickey Andrews did. He just had the best athletes in the country at the time, and he said, Go get them. And then he had guys like Deion and Troy Buckley, and the list goes on and on. Leroy Butler standing back there going, Don't worry, guy, we got this. You know, you said whoever you want. The guy might make a catch, but I'm not going to get burned, right? And I don't think you have that in, in college football. You might have a team that has one elite cornerback. But even then, I don't think that the defensive coordinators have the stones to play like a true man to man. They're so worried about the quarterback taking off and running. that They don't want the defensive backs to have their back to the ball. So they're out there playing zone because they want to keep an eye on the quarterback. And that just opens up to huge gaps in pockets where you see these big numbers from the college football quarterbacks. That's why when they get to the NFL, we don't really know what we have. You know, we, we think we know by watching him, but we don't, we're just, we'll say, ah, this guy looks good. Gets the NFL. goes, well, it looks good. If the guy's open by five yards, but if he's not, then you know, he might have an issue. Uh, so that's the game itself though. Was there any point that you thought Ohio state had a chance
1: I mean, before the kickoff and when they tied it the first time, I'm like, well, it's going to be interesting, but still a lot of time left. And then, uh, yeah, the Crimson Tide put that that worry to rest. uh, I knew it was going to be a a sad day for me on Tuesday with all my friends uh, rising me today. So it'll be good. Hey, I, I'm glad for him. Um, the words never came out of my mouth. I'm proud I never said it, but uh, we we all kind of knew this would happen. It was going to take uh, a remarkable game from Ohio State. Uh, Fields was going to have to play out of this world, and uh, unfortunately, the sermon injury probably uh, threw rock. Uh, you know, a setback to that offense. Not that Master, Master Teague didn't come in and and play very well. Um, I, I followed him when he was here in the, in the Nashville area, and uh, he was actually a big recruit for the Volunteers, and he selected Ohio State, rightfully so. I mean, he's playing in the national championship last night. So, uh, kudos to him. But, uh, yeah, I think w- once that happened, uh, the wheels just kind of came off the bus, and then they realized they, they couldn't coverage. I mean, you saw Alabama move Smith around where they got him paired up one-on-one with a linebacker, and it's it's over. I mean, it's it, 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 they showed the poor kid on TV, and I mean, he just shaking his like, "What do you want me to do about it?" I mean, right. they,
0: they, they, I mean, obviously, I'm going over to look next time. You punch him in the groin and just take the penalty. <laughs> the elite corners,
1: a- <laughs> yeah, the elite corners have a hard time covering this man. The linebacker just doesn't stand a chance. He, that's what penalties are for, like you said.
0: And here's the thing: that Devontae Smith would have had 300 yards receiving easy if he doesn't get pulled in the third quarter because of the um, look like a possible broken finger. I think if the game is close, he stays in as a decoy. Right? That they just say, dude, got the run routes. Just run. Three guys are going to follow you. Which which leaves... Hell, if, if I want to, I'll do a tight end drag and the dude's going to be wide open by 16 yards. You think Mark Andrews was uh, wide open in the Titans game, a tight end would have been like that tight end out there eating a, eating a ham sandwich waiting for the ball because no one's covering a tight end at that point when they get all these other... I mean, it's a it's a freak show. Thank God, thank God Texas is is, is taking Sarkisian because this is just ridiculous.
1: Oh, he's what just going to move Bill O'Brien in.
0: Well, he, well, then I got... Well, good, because Bill O'Brien would go out there and... and, and Trade their best players for. His.
1: Well, he he did well at the college level. He just wasn't an NFL coach. I mean, I thought he did pretty good at Penn. He State. did good.
0: He I wouldn't say he was. He was. Well, I mean, no Sark didn't
1: do anything at the USC until he entered coaching rehab, and then I mean, look what happened now. Same thing with Butch Jones. I mean, it, but Sark will find always, a way to get him turned around.
0: But Sark was always known as an offensive guru. Correct. You know, I mean. What got him fired as SC was not the fact that his his team wouldn't put up points. He always yeah. put up points no matter where he was. Same thing with Kiffin. It was between the ears, is what is, is what made it. So it's almost like Alabama's turned into like almost like a boot camp. To get you know to get kids straight for a couple of years.
1: Well, I mean it is. It's uh, I mean, but honestly, Jones has got a head coaching
0: job. I I missed the fact that a good uh, Arkansas Jones, State, Arkansas uh, State, which yeah. isn't a terrible job, to be honest with you.
1: No, Mits. Not at all. I mean, I mean, I, I, mean I, that's where Alabama or excuse me, Auburn's new coach, uh, uh, the gentleman from uh, Boise State. He, he came from uh, Arkansas State as well. Gus Malzahn came from Arkansas State. I mean, a lot of people have rolled through that program. There,
0: I mean. Heck, there are years where Arkansas State's a better job than Arkansas. So it's, I mean, he's, he, he will take that and he will springboard into another opportunity in a Power Five school within the next five years, I would think. Uh, you know, Butch but, Jones, he didn't do well at Tennessee, but maybe he just wasn't ready. And so they they go there, and just same thing like Lane Kiffin. They go there and they kind of learn, and it's an overused word, but they learn Nick Saban's process. So this is so this is what I wanted to bring up to you because I think originally we we're going to talk about the game all morning, but uh, that's you know come on what the hell I didn't well, see one, didn't one see. thing
1: before we shift off. It, I did. I just want to what is he doing down there? Did, did is he even recruit to come play at Alabama or is he just recruit that hey you come here and ride in my system? I'll have you playing on Sundays because everybody sits. Ajay Harris was behind rugs. I can't remember if he had a year behind Henry or not but everybody across the board is waiting in the in the world of the transfer portal. That's pretty amazing.
0: It's it's money. Alabama has more money than than other programs. They're willing to dedicate it and what that means is and I'm not talking about the wink wink, you know, slide money under the table to the kids thing. That we all know probably goes on. I'm talking about the facilities or elite and He now has a pipeline to the NFL, and those NFL scouts and the NFL coaches, they come to Alabama practices during the spring. And so it's it's the same thing Bowden had going on at Florida State. Once you can get the momentum rolling, but you have to get as long – and Alabama's not going to have that issue – you have to keep the the higher-ups dedicated to pumping money in because they can't get to the point where – and this is what happened to Florida State where, dude, we just gave you this facility – Five years ago. You can't need something else now. And they start getting cheap and once they start getting cheap, that's when it falls off because the next group of kids that comes in, they see a bigger, brighter, shinier penny over at LSU. Remember we saw LSU's new uh facility, what was it last summer or the summer before that looked really cool. That's the kind of thing you're always keeping up with the Jones. So as long as you get the money coming in from the boosters, and the boot and boot Alabama boosters don't give a damn about education. They're like you will win us football games. And so that's you know, that's the problem they have at Florida State is that the athletic director is in a fight with the, with the president, because the money comes in and the president wants to send it towards research on, you know, our pimples really zits and all that kind of junk. And the, and the people want to donate the money. Go No, we're doing this because because we want to know whether or not Florida State can get the next level of facility. Sorry, I got sidetracked because I forgot to start. No, oh, you're, you're good. I mean, I had to start it, the stream, tra- so anyone who, who's looking for the, for the app stream, it is now going. That is my fault. Uh, but let's go ahead and move on because I, I want to throw another question at you about this. Starting the first quarter of the Armchair Quarterbacks. Uh, so you got Nick Saban just won his seventh national championship, six at Alabama. Bill Belichick he Has got six Super Bowl wins. Who is the greatest modern? Who's the greatest modern f- football coach? Is it Saban or is it Belichick? What's more difficult to do: to sustain the excellent at Alabama, or to do what he did in in the NFL, which six Super Bowls and what three championship appearances? I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Saban, I know he's lost to Clemson. What a couple I think he's of seven times. Seven and three. Yeah, he lost to Clemson a couple of times. I'm trying to remember who else he lost to. what's uh, what's what, what sticks out, but I'm sh- there's got to be one more sitting out there. But uh, anyways, so, so we'll go with seven and three. I'll look it up here in a second versus six and three. Yeah, that's splitting hairs as far as those numbers are concerned. What do you think is more difficult? Because I know my stance, but I, I don't want to sway your opinion. So I, I want to get yours first.
1: I'm going to have to lean Belichick on this one. Uh, I think it's harder to play in those parameters. Uh, You just don't have the entire continental U.S. at uh, your disposal to bring in athletes to reload your, your roster every single year. So to do the ins and outs through the personnel and I think Nick Saban's doing it with four- and five-star guys. He's getting the elite of the elite, the best come in. The money doesn't matter. You know, they've got the facilities they bring them in. Uh, Through the draft and the NFL process, we saw New England do it through a bunch of no-names who made names for themselves. So I'm going to lean with Belichick, um, but I I think they're both the the staple for what they are. I mean, if if we're going – college coaches, I mean, I don't want to hear anything else about Bear Bryant being better than Nick Saban. Um, I know they each have six at Alabama, but Bear Bryant didn't have to worry about a transfer portal um, at Alabama. He's kept it all together the entire time through. I mean, he's taught grown alpha males to, hey, you sit back, put team first, not you I mean, these are—he's not getting two and three star guys that just hope and prayer they can make the team and and make it to Sunday one day. I mean, they, these guys can go anywhere they want to go across the country. So, um, I, I think he's the best college coach that I've ever seen.
0: Okay, so it's a trick question. The answer is Bobby Bowden. The answer is always Bobby Bowden, who the greatest coach is of all time. <laughs> no, uh, I'm gonna go with Belichick. I'm with you. You can't compare the eras of, of bear and Saban anyways. But if you really want to compare them, first of all, Saban does have one more national championship than he does. Yeah. Granted it was at LSU, but that just shows you they can do it anywhere. Right. Right. So thank you, Miami dolphins for luring him away. Cause this would be LSU. They would be sitting here dancing on everyone's grave as opposed to Alabama. And, uh, wow. Can you imagine? I mean, the, the way the fates turn like that, right. Um, and there's probably nothing LSU could have done at the time because he probably really, really wanted to see if he could do it in the
1: NFL. Well, what do you think Michigan State's feeling? <laughs> we well, the yeah. Man.
0: <laughs> yeah. Right. But I, Michigan State, I don't think they're ever in the conversation because they never – they have you talk about a, a university that doesn't make a commitment. When, when, yeah. when you're a Michigan State fan and you're buying all your gear and stuff like that, that's fine, especially if you graduated from there. That's that's why you go to college football games. It's, it's about the camaraderie, especially someone who actually graduated from the school. You can't compare someone who graduated from the school to someone like me and you who are just fans, right? And I've right. got a little bit of a tie because my dad graduated from there, but I didn't get a, get a degree there. We didn't have a very good football team at the culinary school that I graduated from, so I decided to keep pulling for Florida State. <laughs> we tried, you know, especially after a few brews. But, uh, but when you try to compare those two, you're talking about Bear Bryant in the 50s and 60s and into the 70s. Where the color barrier was barely being broke, it's it's not even the same. And not to mention when Bear Bryant first started playing, it was two way foot. I mean, it was uh two way players. It's it's just not even. It's realistically not even the same sport. I've got to go Belichick because I think once you get a machine rolling, like Pete Carroll did at USC, like well, like Bowden did at Florida State. Like, uh, obviously, Nick Saban, that goes without saying. I mean, that's, that's where it begins and ends. Because the thing is, we, we my dad always talked about it, and he didn't see Nick Saban go to Alabama. He passed away before he did, but he always talked about. me. He said, boy, you never want Alabama to get rolling, because I'm telling you now, when they get rolling, it is impossible to stop that machine because the money that goes in, you can't compete with it, and... You're going to see year after year after year after year, Alabama will be winning national championships. Of course, I always scoffed at it. Now, I do think Saban's got a little bit of an advantage now over prior coaches because before it was a cosmetic thing. So you didn't get a chance to prove that you were the best team on the field. There were times where the number one team played the number 16, right? So that's a big difference. And then even when we got to the BCS, they only let two teams in. Bama just has to get into the tournament. So just imagine how much – it's its going to be more difficult down the road when you get to eight teams because you have to go through more doors to get there. You're going to have to win three. But at the same token, you're going to have a much easier chance to just get your name into the dance. So on a year when you're going to be down, let's say you're saving coaches for another 10 years, 15 years. And let's say in the next two or three years, we start with an expanded playoffs. When would Alabama not make the playoffs, right? So that means that all he's got to do is start gearing them up for the playoffs every year. And so that's good. But with, with, with Belichick in the era that he did it, because they have expanded the playoffs now in the era that he did it. I do believe he was aided by the fact that he had a terrible division he was in, but I just don't think you can compare a college coach, and they're going to try to do it today, but you cannot compare a college coach who can go pick and choose and get over who the hell he wants to an NFL coach who has to work under salary caps, they have to deal with the draft every year, free agency, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's Belichick and it's hands down. And the way Belichick did it was just phenomenal. He did it. Belichick, how many times did, did they win the Super Bowl? Did you really think Belichick had the best roster out there? I don't necessarily maybe once, maybe twice, maybe.
1: I mean, we didn't realize until after it repeatedly happened that he had the best quarterback ever out there. You know what I'm saying? I mean we we, and we always we, poo him. We're like, who is this Tom Brady guy? He's gonna fold under pressure. I mean, he's never been in the big game. This
0: guy's not as good as Donovan McNabb. Just watch him play. Look at him, compare him. There's no <laughs> way. Yeah, it's uh it's insane and and so you and so I just go back to the fact that um it's got to be Belichick. And before team jumps on here, I do want to talk about a couple of things in the NFL that have been trending. First of all, Doug Peterson gets fired. My biggest thing. I'm excited about that is maybe we'll finally get to get the answer on who actually pulled the plug on Jalen hurts in that final game. You already know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was the owner.
1: How about him? Jalen having... asked to come out of the game. No, I'm getting
0: <laughs> How about him falling on the sword? Right. How about that cat falling on the sword when he's not even going to benefit from... So he should have went ahead and tried to win the damn game anyways. And the ownership... and I don't know if you heard the sports flash, but it it was a quote off the NFL Network coming from Ian Rappaport that he reported as saying that... They kind of came to an impasse. Yes, he was let go, but he also kind of stepped down. And it was it was Peterson saying, "I am sick and tired of being told what to do." And that's two headed monster. A, it's the quarterback situation they had all year with Wentz and uh, Hertz. And B, it is we know that goes back to game seven or week seventeen in the fourth quarter. You know he was not. There's no one that watched that game that would have said, "Oh." I put Sudfeld in this guy. This guy's good, <laughs> Jay, but I also believe that he was right in the long term of it. Is that Jalen Hurts wasn't necessarily ready to be a NFL quarterback, and there there might have been damage put to him long term because you saw him have a couple of really good games at the beginning, and then he and then everything he did the last couple of weeks was pretty much with his legs. It was exciting to watch, and I enjoyed watching it, but maybe that wasn't the best route. And an experienced coach. You know, knows that, sees that. He sees the big picture. He's like, we're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. I would have liked to have had an offseason to have with Jalen Hurts and not just throw him into the fire. Maybe put him later in the game, later in the season. But I, I wanted to stick with Wentz because, hell, we're paying him anyways, right?
1: My um, gut tells me Jerry Jones is behind this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about Jerry Jones going and hiring uh, Quinn? Quinn.
1: Well, that kind of threw a, a uh, wrench in my plan yesterday. I was like, you know, maybe, maybe Jerry just texted him during the game, and said, "Well, let's put this third stringer in. And come work for me when they fire you." But uh, that kind of takes that out of the equation. Hey, um, I, I, I like the move. Uh, I, like I don't know how lot. many re- I don't. I don't know. Not all retreads work out. We, we've kind of seen McCarthy had a had a rough go this year. Uh, a lot of it, I'm gonna say. you, you not really his fault i mean you can't do anything with that going down but we had some locker room issues before then. uh after then uh just as a team it looks like he doesn't have the unity in the locker room but i, I like bringing in quinn uh, you're bringing in a second head coach uh we wonder how those things uh work out and rub but hopefully uh it gets them gets them back pointed in the right direction Oh no! I'm still fired up after the Dalton injury, and uh, nobody went, no, 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 the of lineman went to uh, stand up for the quarterback. That just tells you a lot that you need to know about the camaraderie on your football team, and uh, that's something that trickles down from the top, so.
0: Well, I'll, I'll say this about Quinn. A, I would have loved for the Titans to have gotten him. I'll say yeah. that. Quinn, for all his faults that he might have had holding leads as a head coach at to Atlanta. First of all, he did a really good job of building Atlanta. But let's, before that, Quinn's a hell of a coordinator. He came from the, he was the legion of boom, right? Yeah. Like He like he built that. And I would have loved for Tennessee to get a hold of him, but Dallas's defense is going to get, they're going to have a huge improvement day one next year. Now, will it be a lead? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is with the Dallas defense that you saw, it was a sieve This year, that's not going to happen under Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn's—he's—you—you can't do a complete about turn because of the fact that they only—you can only deal with what you have on your roster. But Dan Quinn's going to put his system in place, and his—the Atlanta Falcons' defenses were pretty good considering the fact that they rarely had elite talent. Right? Uh, They had some guys, but I've never looked. It felt like that. That the GM for Atlanta was always focusing on the offensive side of the ball during the draft, so if they can focus on getting some defensive players into free agency and also the draft, I think Dallas could be really good going in next year. And then, of course, the biggest thing is you get Dak Prescott back, so that's that initially is going to become okay. When you get Dak Prescott back, Zeke Elliott immediately becomes a draftable fantasy running back again. Buy low, low on Zeke this year. I'm just telling people, when, 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 you, get Zach, when you get Dak back, the first thing that's going to happen is those safeties are going to pull back. No one was getting scarred by the Red Rocket. That's all I'm saying. We got team joining us. Uh, we'll, we'll try to hit some of these other things tomorrow. Uh, we don't we have time to run into today, but uh, uh, we'll, let's go ahead and take a quick break when we come back. We're going to talk about uh, the targeting rule and also Major League Baseball hot stuff. There was a big big signing yesterday that went under the radar because of the national title game. we got all that ahead and more here on the Armchair Quarterbacks. Keep it locked in here to CBS Sports Radio, the Armchair Quarterbacks app. And then if you haven't checked us out yet, go grab us on YouTube Live. Give us a subscription, God dog it. We'll be back in a flash. Triple Decker Burn. Fantasy Sports is back and it's time to jump into DraftKings. Go to DraftKings today at DraftKings.com. Golf, NASCAR, soccer, you name it, and of course, Major League Baseball, basketball, hockey, and football are on the way. Go to DraftKings.com. And listen to the Armchair Quarterbacks for DFS advice all year round.
1: <coughs> special sauce
0: lettuce Do cheese
1: pickles onions on it sauce lettuce cheese pickles onions on special sauce lettuce cheese special sauce a special sauce cheese chicken, it's so a
0: Quarterbacks radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long.
1: Down. Here's Tua stepping back, loads up, looks long, throws, end zone, touchdown. touchdown Alabama, Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama, and the Crimson Tide has once again ascended to the top of the college football mountain. Again, it's going to be Capel, Wing, and the kicker, Drew Alamo. LSU remains undefeated. Passes away, penalty flag down. Lamar Thomas has got it. Lamar Thomas is on his way down the sidelines. George Steve is after him and runs him down. Takes the ball. Takes the ball away from him. Steve's got the ball. Well, congratulations to the LSU Tigers, the 2008 BCS National Champion.
0: Armchair.
2: You're listening to the Armchair Quarterback Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterback Show on Facebook today. If I leave here tomorrow...
0: Oh,
1: please, not the Ashby's. Family emergency? How are they so urgent they didn't even have time to think of a plausible excuse. (laughs) So where does that leave us? Well, let's see. We have a third-rate caterer with a record. (laughs) Two lushes. A couple who think we're both nutcases, <laughs> an Argentine wild child, and Roz.
0: <laughs> Dinner is served. Welcome back here to the Archer Quarterbacks. And joining us. Here on Tuesday morning is Mr. Timus Wooten. Timus, how the hell are you, sir?
2: Good. A little sleep deprived from that game last night, but good. Good, good.
0: That's what they make
2: coffee
0: for. That's where that game put me to sleep. <laughs> I did stay up to the end because I kept wanting to see. Well, I'm not going to lie to y'all. I... Uh, I put a teaser down. (laughs) I wanted to make sure they stayed under the spread. I was like, would you just knee on the ball? Quit trying to sling it all over the place. I never thought I would be sweating an an under for 83 points. I was like, (laughs) like, come on, man. Or it actually 83 and a half. That last touchdown that they didn't count, that was a touchdown, I don't know why they didn't count it. The one in the back of the end zone. I don't know if y'all saw that one that Ohio, that Ohio State scored. I, I don't know why the hell they didn't anyways. Um it would have gotten me to where I, at that point unless they go for two, I would have had a half point and I would have been really, you know, getting, you know, a little nervous there, but uh luckily, I don't know, I said I looked at the replay two times and said, that's the damn touchdown. I went to the kitchen started straightening up dishes I come back I go they didn't give that to him. sweet <laughs> I
2: watched chicken until, dinner uh, they, Alabama scored their last one at the beginning of the fourth quarter and I was all right that's it I can uh, I can shut my eyes now uh, Ohio State's not coming back from that
0: when Alabama didn't crumble after that fumble and the touchdown to make it 21-14 when they didn't just all of a sudden start doing stupid things I knew the game was over because turnovers are gonna happen. But if that hadn't have happened, that game's not even that close.
2: No.
0: You think about it, they scored what, twenty four points, seven of it was pretty much handed to them. And I believe from a just a momentum type thing, if they don't get that fumble from Mac Jones, I don't know I don't know if they even come close to scoring two touchdowns in that game. I think they would have been Field Gold City. Um uh, I will say this. Jessen Fields threw some passes that I didn't think he was capable of capable of so maybe he's not quite the bust I thought he was going to be about a month or two ago. Um I still wouldn't draft him over Trevor Lawrence, but he couple, he put a couple of passes on a dime that I was like, "Man, that's not that's elite passing." I mean, that's not like that's not the wide open junk that the Dwayne Haskins would always do and I'm like, "This guy's not going to be any good." Uh he I mean, the one that he the one that they overturned for the touchdown, Justin, do you remember the one that was go- fading out the court in the end zone? And once you, hit, you saw the replay, there was a juggle by the receiver, but it initially yes. it looked like a touchdown. That was a hell of a pass. And you know, not every time Dick and Hank can go out there and throw that sucker. So I'm starting to change my mind a little bit on fields. I do think he's got a little issues on reading the defenses, so I don't think I would draft him. I still like Trask. I think Trask is gonna be a good quarterback. And for the value, I think I would prefer to have Trask in most situations. Cause I would rather draft something I would rather draft something other than a quarterback early and then wait for Trask to fall to me in the second or third round, which is I think is where he's gonna go. But we'll get into that down the road. Uh just wanted to talk about this and now and, and especially since it, it came up, it could have been a huge play because the safety gets ejected for the game from Alabama battle. Uh, for the for, for the targeting hit last night, the team had brought this up team has brought this up I don't know two or three weeks ago in a text. I told him we would tackle it and I figured at the end of football season a good time to do it and then it just happened to be really good timing of what happened last night. Uh, the targeting rule, so he hasn't really been here for our d- debate and complaints and you know ripping our hair out and, f- and throwing our blood up against the wall about some of these targeting calls that just it, it it'll just dumbfound you and sometimes, I think they've done a little better job this year because they've reviewed it in the past. They would call the targeting, and that was it, and the dude was done. And you would get the replay, and you would look at it. and Go, this is hor- this isn't targeting. But Justin, I want, I want you to give you your your uh, gut take, and then I'll go to Teamus on the on the whole targeting rule.
1: I get spearing that, that's how, when we played football, the leading with the crown of the helmet, we called that spearing when you tackled with the top of the helmet. That's what I know as a findable, uh targeting, but that's not what we've seen called. Um, we, we see right now last night with battle that that was a crown of the helmet, helmet, helmet contact. That was textbook there. Um, I've just never been a fan of the suspension uh, for the entire game or a carrying to another game. Um, I understand the contest you're in sets you out. You take the penalty, but I do not like the carryover. That's probably my biggest complaint with it, but there needs to be better definition with the review as to a helmet-to-helmet or incidental contact that uh, we, we've seen in seasons past be va- vaguely uh, called. And, uh, you know, you, you get a face mask on face mask and they're calling targeting. And you're, I mean, plays are going to happen. I mean, not everybody's standing at the same height, standing still when they go to make these tackles. I mean, you're going to have some incidental contact. So that's why I'm not a fan of the suspension. Um, I would like to see the penalty reviewed and uh, either pick it up or leave it uh, completely. But uh, usually it stands on the field and they just don't uh, eject the player, and I have a problem with that. All
0: right, Timus. so what is your gripe? What is your complaint? And what would you like to see done?
2: I'd like to see there be two calls. One, targeting or targeting with intent. Um, if you want to understand the punishment of they have to leave the game if they do it once because concussions and then CTS, all that stuff. I get all that. You need to put your foot down about it.
0: But yeah, I, I don't think it can be a warning because if it's a warning, then you go, oh, <laughs> on it. I, I can get away with it the first time, right? So, yeah, I'm with the I whole...
2: They call it the first time with intent, though. If they say targeting with intent, like last night, that was textbook rule. If you want to know what a targeting call is going to... What's going to get you a targeting call, the guy lowered the crown of his head, helmet to helmet. Okay. Um, but that game against, it was...
0: I think you said it was Georgia. I think it was the Georgia it was, game. No,
2: it was a high. Well, there was one and Georgia and Cincinnati that com- the guy lost his balance and he went down like this, but his head went first. The kids out of university of Cincinnati, you know, they're never going to be back in the- a bowl that size again. It- clearly he didn't do it on purpose. He just, he lost his balance. He went in, but he went in with the crown of his head. I think it should be. All right. That is targeting by the rule, but you get a 15 yard penalty going about your business now last night helmet to helmet you lower your head you leave the ground to do it or whatever okay that's targeting with intent then send them to the showers if you need to but
0: i think that okay so i think what the issue is they want to take the gray areas out and then if you started with the intent then you're going to get a different uprisal of well, that guy, that wasn't an intent, and that was intent, and that, and so I think that's why they basically just wanted a clear cut, dry. Did he target? Did he? Did he use? I, because the problem is the term. The when you use the term target initially, that's what you, that, that's what does flash into most fans' minds is intent. Because so if I'm targeting something, it means I'm intending intending to, right? Right. They they probably need a better term for it, but basically leading with the crown of the helmet. Is, I think, is the big thing. The one that I hate the most, and this isn't necessarily targeting, but it's one that gets called a lot, is when any time someone's helmet bangs the face mask of the quarterback when they're back there pursuing him and they act like the quarterback is standing still and you're coming in very slow and can just kind of gently lay him down. That's not what's going on back there, okay? You, you, first of all, you got guys like, oh, I don't know, Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, whatnot. The, you, Lamar Jackson, if I targeted Lamar Jackson, it would be a damn 1,000% a accident. You'd be like To be honest with you, I didn't even think I was tackling him.
1: I thought he, he slipped was, on his cut step.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I was blocked into him. <laughs> if, if I targeted Lamar Jackson, I'd get up and go, yes, kick me out. I did it. I tackled Lamar. I can retire now. <laughs> so, I, I'll just keep that flag. You, can you sign that flag for me, please? Thanks, Blake. <laughs> that is the one that I hate the most. Because I feel like opposed to the targeting, which I think that the first couple of years I felt like that they were way overboard and were calling every little thing. And now that there's the replay, that helps. I like replay a lot in sports. Don't like it in everything. I'm telling you right now, as bad as it's been to watch the NBA with all their social justice warrior stuff, I don't know the last time any of y'all have watched a regular season NBA game. This started a couple of seasons ago. But I'm telling you right now, they, you can challenge a personal foul in the NBA. Oh, you talk about boring. <laughs> Going back and looking at the replay. See if someone bangs someone's arm with three minutes left in the first quarter in a game that's being played in January.
1: Oh, yeah. You get, the little, you get the little review box where the referee stands there and talks to you like he's doing the NFL touchdown selfie. I mean, isn't that so cool, Mac? Ah. Uh,
0: I can't find the remote fast enough. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> I tr- I tried to watch you. I'm out. Uh, but with, with uh, that's the biggest one that I would like to see changed is that they've got to relax. But I know they're never going to do it because they're so obsessed with making sure that the quarterbacks are the star of the show, right? Because they've changed every rule to make sure that that we have games that finish, you know, ninety two to eighty two. They don't want they don't want defense anymore but I hate to see a team get penalized when a guy goes in with the right intent to go in there and tackle the quarterback. If he moves around and he bangs like the bottom of his face mask. I'm like, really, man, it's football. Like, it's going to happen. That's what the face mask is there for. Now, if you go in there, heat seeking missile and lay your crown into his crown. Okay. I get it. But that's, that would be the one that I would honestly like to see abolished.
1: Clemson Ohio State uh, game with uh, that targeting that occurred with the, I can't think of Clemson player uh, safety or linebacker that came in and hit Fields and uh, caused the rib injury. I'm good with that one. That was that was a crown of the helmet. Uh, yeah, it, it, it was borderline. It was before, close.
0: You remember he got, he, be, Yeah, he, he remember did that before? as well. Uh, it was Ohio State versus Ohio State getting thrown out because they targeted uh, uh, Trevor Lawrence. And so those are those I'm OK with. I'm talking about the tiki tack ones. That's I'm just like, man, that it's the ones
1: that, that you're describing, the tiki tack that carry the, the, the where a player gets kicked out for something that was just inadvertent. And then you, you compound, you know, he's got to sit a whole game out. If it's in the first half, it's the rest of that game. Second half, he's got to miss a half of the next game. It's ludicrous. Uh, now, now like- if it's a legit straight, the the, the ones we saw, okay, I, I, I can buy that a little bit, but I need a little bit more more balance on on the the ones that you are describing the the that you can honestly look at it and say, "Hey, man, that was an accident that that was a football play." It, it perfect happened. example.
0: Uh- perfect example. Remember years ago when we were growing up as kids, sit around a fire, Joe. Let me tell you about how it was in the good old days. Uh, the, when face mask the face mask rule. There used to be a five yard and there used to be a 15 yard. And the five yard was the accidental face mask and the 15 was the automatic first down. And then they finally got together and said, This is stupid. If he meant to do it, we'll throw the flag. If he didn't mean to do it, it's football. It just happens. Right. I'm actually surprised to this day that that actually got overturned because that's one of the most surprising things because everything has been done to help. The offense, I was, I've was, i always been surprised about that. I think they were just trying to cut down on, on, on flags. But that's what I would like to see happen with any kind of contact to the quarterback's head when you're going back there trying to rush them, sack them, whatever. If it's incidental contact, let them play. But if, if the guy went in there leading with his crown, yeah, 15-yard penalty, yeah, sure. You know, they've... They, it's they, a, they have these guys in bubble wrap. Is, is it's not
1: targeting, but it, and you see it predominantly in the NFL. I have a huge problem with the uh, pass rusher blocking a pass, and the hand comes forward, and it the, the fingertips touch a face mask or touch the side of the helmet, and then you're, you're automatically uh, personal foul on that one. So, yeah, they need to uh, – I guess unprotect the quarterbacks, not the best word terminology there. But, uh, yeah, they need to back that off a little bit. I, I'm with you. I, I like the 5 and the 15, maybe put a tier system, um, whatever you need to do.
0: Okay, now we're going to hit some uh, – we're going to hit our fast break our second quarter.
1: Fast break. He starts a fast break with plenty of room in front of him. Here they go again.
0: It's showtime.
2: <laughs>
0: okay, so this is our fast break. It means we're going to do – few more topics a little faster and the first one to throw out at y'all you know you know give me your honest take on this fernando tatis jr the biggest thing that's swirling around right now out in san diego is they're talking about extending him a possibility of the extension happening happening this isn't the the management this is reporters of extending him he will be a free agent in three seasons when he's hits the age of 25. So right now he's 22 years old. And so they're talking about possibly locking him up. The rumor I'm seeing 11 years, $320 million. At 22 years old, a guy who's had a couple of really good years. Uh, Justin, what's your, what's your take on that?
1: Man, I'm not a fan of, fan of these big mega contracts. It just uh, we, we always see where it hinders you uh, down the road and limits your flexibility and options. Um, heck of a ball player. Uh, but if I'm the Padres, I'm probably going to cost myself a little money down the road when I do re-sign him. I'm not going to do it right now. Uh, I'm, I'm going to ride it out and let it cost me a little bit more money, see what I need, because... Right now, with all the additions you do, you've got one thing, tackle the Dodgers, and you need to keep up capital to uh, be able to add some pieces and have some flexibility to make changes as things. You don't don't want another scenario where you're in a wild card or you're in a postseason race with the Dodgers and you have no pitching because you didn't have any options to go make moves because you've got a billion dollars sitting on the left side of your infield. Jamis,
0: what say you?
2: yeah. One that doesn't even sound like the Padres to me. Um, they're not the Dodgers. You can hear the Dodgers doing something nonsense like this. Eleven years, three hundred twenty million. That's not really. I lived in San Diego five years. I I know what that ball club's about.
0: It it's okay, but before you go there, <laughs> before you go there, remember Machado, three hundred million dollar contract, and he's playing in in San Diego.
2: What? That's what I'm saying. They've already got these huge contracts. They can't afford to do like five or six of these things. Like the Dodgers, this is can. a
0: totally different management group than when than when you were there, though. Is what I'm trying to tell do. You. you
2: think? Do you honestly believe a kid that's 22 years old? I mean, yeah, he's he's good. I'm not saying he's not good, but is he proven enough for 300 million? At that point,
0: that's the question. That's the yeah, question. That's, Question. Would you? Are and you willing to? to the the biggest question is: Are you willing to let him go to free agency? Because once you get him closer to free agency, he's going to go. You know what? I'm going to see what I'm worth in New York, or maybe Teemu has an alternative motive. Boston, uh,
2: Boston's not going to give somebody three hundred million.
0: They've already said that. They might. So, they might three years from now. Because not three, a, three years from now we're talking about—I'm not saying necessarily Boston—but three years from now we're talking about the the pandemic's lifted, money's rolling back in, fans are back in seats. Hopefully, if not, I'm just going to go ahead and just—I'm going to—I'm going to storm. It ain't going to be the capital. I'm, I'm going to start storming baseball fields because you're not letting me in for three years. I'm out, I'm out. I'm out. Um, but what I'm saying is by that time. The landscape's going to change a little bit. I don't I will say this. I don't understand the the urgency, right? I don't. I don't like why, Like why? Way. This came up out of nowhere. Like why do you have? It's it's time for. this our public. It's time to to extend tight I
1: think I think the GM piped off back in October, or November, uh, something along the lines. He was going to have him sign before the start of the twenty twenty one season. So that's why it's being brought back. Yeah, up. that's a
0: brilliant uh, idea.
1: But and, again, I'm with you. I don't know why in the world you put your foot in the mouth like that. Yeah, in
0: eleven years, eleven years. Is he his agent or something? Like, why is he saying stuff like
2: that? Like, why this? would you sign anyone, anyone for eleven years? You wouldn't sign Derek Jeter. The Yankees didn't sign Derek Jeter for eleven years. Did well, they?
1: I think he was just meaning they had him. They were going to have him on an extension. I'm, I'm sure that wasn't the first number that G. If that's the first year set a GM throws out, you should probably uh, be doing some uh, searches.
0: You should probably quit <laughs> your job and become his agent because that's <laughs> let me eleven. Sit. Let me sit on the other side of the table. All right. Let's so start. now let's now let's negotiate. <laughs>
1: You do get you work for the organization, not the player.
0: <laughs> that's how the Mets ended up where they were, because they hired they hired an agent to be their general manager. How'd that work out? Oh my God, the whole thing imploded, and now they got new ownership. Uh, so that's that's a big question. I look, I don't see it happening, but s- no. stranger things no. have happened, and there it seems like there's some momentum to this. That's the strangest part of it. It seems like there's some momentum to this. I'm at least waiting Wait. till next year. But you've did got you the $300 million from Machado. You've got Clevenger that you're paying who's not even playing this year. But you're eventually going to have to pay that guy because all, all the parts that you gave to have Clevenger on your staff long-term, you better lock that son of a gun up, right? I mean, why why, why did I give away all that? Because Cleveland got a haul from that. People are going to see this in the near future. Cleve, everyone thinks that Cleveland's just giving up. Cleveland's going to consistently contend over the next several years from what they got from the Mets and what they got from, from – uh, San Diego. And then you've got the other young studs that they had, the paddocks out there, the L- Lamets. That team is going to have, they're, they're, you're going to lose some players, but I guess the point is that they want the star power because it's Southern California and you're trying to compete against the Dodgers. So you don't want to have to go up. I don't know. It's It's a sticky wicket, my friend, because I don't know. I don't know what I would do long-term because I don't know who's worth 320.
2: It's nobody do you think that it's getting traction because there's nothing else going on and so it's just what people are talking about? Because it's kind of what it seems like to me that there's nobody signing anywhere. So they're like, well, let's just throw this into the hat and dwell on it for a minute. But I, I three hundred and twenty million dollars for eleven it's it's not the money that <coughs> deters from believing this, it's the years. The eleven years you don't know what this guy's going to do three years from now. A well,
0: But, that's, but, but that has pretty much been the standard. Guys in their mid-20s, early to mid-20s, are signing for a decade in baseball now. You, you got Bryce Harper, Buki Betts, Trout. I mean, if you're going to get these guys locked up, they no longer want to. I don't know how He's the got, hell Atlanta pulled off they, the eight-year deal with Cunha <laughs> was they're, like Highway no, robbery. Putting,
2: you can't put this kid... Up with Mookie Betts and Mike Trout,
0: these guys are proven that. But Mookie he, Betts but he's on the trajectory to be that. Uh, yeah, I know you've missed baseball last year, man. But I'm telling you right now, the kid had an incredible season. And until the last two weeks of the season, season, until the last two two to three weeks of the season, he he, he was front runner for the uh, for the MVP.
1: He's Anderton Simmons with a bat. If that puts it in a better. I don't know if that helps team as much, but for our Braves fans, it will.
2: It, Mike Trout, Mookie Best are the two best players in baseball,
1: period. But
0: Tatis think- can be argued to the, to that extent in a couple of years. In a, that's what I'm saying. he's But by in a couple of years, he's going to be a free agent, you're going to be able to sign up for for three twenty. Well, I guess the that's the difference.
1: If you're going to get an Aussie Albie's contract, you want to talk about someone that a steal. Yeah, Acuna was a steal on eight years, but I mean they got they got Albies very cheap. Now, if you're taking a discount, like but Albies didn't sign an eleven year eleven year four hundred million dollar deal. No, he signed so five
0: twenty five, but he also did it when he was very unproven. Tatis, is no, Tatis is no longer unproven is is the issue. You couldn't go to Albie's now and go. Hey, will you say five twenty-five? He's like, no, oh. that's right. But that's all, what I'm saying. I'm trying to put it in perspective. I mean, <laughs> if,
1: if this was something more realistic, uh, I mean, you, you're shooting for one of the big largest contracts in baseball. Um, that that that's a stretch, right there. Uh, three years early is, is all I'm saying.
2: He's, it's not.
1: Yeah, it, I'm riding it out. I, I don't
2: agree with the bets and trouts thing because you never know an injury. got – Forbid and 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 yes, they are they the best players in baseball. Absolutely, they are. What you're averaging,
0: what you're essentially averaging, is about thirty million a year. Okay, actually, a little less if you get them to eleven years. Uh, But if you and that's the going rate for elite players, and he's looked upon it as an elite player right now. So that's and the one thing that you can do though is that you can you can backload the contract, you can push push some money back, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But you, when you do this, it's also the stipulation that you're going to continue to get the other two to three years that are at very club friendly values. So that's kind of how that works. And then you got the flip I'll side. Be- you got the flip side where it's like, and then you end up with Carson Wentz, who's who's 140 million dollar deals kicks in this year. <laughs> Congratulations, Eagles fans, uh, Justin. Wanna get your quick take on Liam Hendricks being signed by the uh by the White Sox to bolster their bullpen and then give me your walk off.
1: Uh yeah, it was just nice to see some moving. Uh hopefully it's uh it's the dominoes that gets all the other chips falling in three major league Baseball.
0: 4 million, That is insane.
1: Yeah. Hey, the White Sox want to contend. Uh, they, they, they're, they're, I'm excited to see this team and this uh, band of characters are putting together. It's, it's going to be unique. Uh, maybe it's just my anti-love for the Cubs, but uh, I've always just kind of pulled for the White Sox, uh, the underdogs of Chicago.
0: When you talk about insane contracts like the 11 thir- 320, think about three for 54. What is that? 18-ish, almost million a year? For a guy that was DFA'd in in two
1: thousand eighteen, no, I, mean, I he mean, might be a veteran, but he
0: also he he bounced around a lot.
1: It's like paying Cole Hamels six million for three innings.
0: Yeah, well, <laughs> I feel, I feel like we got to steal on that man. That, that that was an important three innings. We made that's a playoffs. great that was a
1: great price point right there.
0: <laughs> the good if we didn't have Cole Hamels, we wouldn't have had we had zilch to talk about for like eight months last year. So that's probably We could have just turned this into the Cole Hamill show, Demas. At times, like, what do you want to talk about? Well, Cole Hamill's, they say his elbow's getting better. So we'll stretch that out into 20 minutes.
2: (laughs) Got smaller this week.
1: We broke down yoga balls and how that uh, it could actually, how he got injured by a yoga ball. But, you know, there's a wide variety there. You get get too heavy of a weight, man. You'll injure yourself, Demas.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, look at me. I'm a prime example. I'm just yeah. limping around my own
1: house and there's a category of people that use them as a desk chair. So I learned a lot about this Cole Hamels yoga ball injury. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have ever thought that you would use a giant ball as your desk chair, but people do it anyway. Yeah. That should probably be my walk off because I've been down some wormholes. I shouldn't be going
0: Man, that I can tell you right now, that's not going to last long. <laughs> of yoga ball as your desk chair. Like you better have a desk chair too. You, you're going to do that for eight hours.
1: Right? The first time I get pissed off, I'm kicking that ball and somebody across the room's going to really hate that ball. <laughs>
0: I can't imagine yeah, just I balancing yourself on a on a yoga ball for eight hours. Oh, and by the way, do your job. No, dude, I'm trying to focus on the on the balancing thing over here.
1: Well, I'm assuming at my size, there's no balance. I just squish it and it's comfortable. But who knows?
0: bag. <laughs> <laughs> until some, until some smartass walks by with the with the ballpoint pen, goes pink. <laughs> now you're sitting on the floor Indian style. Good job. All right, brother. We'll see you in manana. See you guys. Good buddy. We're going to take you. a quick break. When we come back, Tim and I are going to talk some more hot stove stuff, a lot of stuff going on in the world of baseball. And we're going to get into the pitcher substance, what they're putting on the balls, what can we be done about it. If anything, we'll be back in a flash. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio, number one sports station. Up, back on the Good morning, and this is your Armchair Quarterbacks Sports Flash. Even after an embarrassing loss, Pittsburgh receiver Chase Claypool took to TikTok Live on Monday following his team's 49-38 upset to Cleveland. And admitted that him and his teammates played poorly, but then ran with the quote of bad loss, but um, the Browns are going to get clapped this week. So it's all good. Claypool is going to be sitting home all week, left only to clap by himself. Las Vegas Raiders running back Josh Jacobs was charged with failure to exercise due care with the wake of a single car accident January 4th in Las Vegas. His attorneys disclosed in a statement obtained by the NFL. Quote, our client, Josh Jacobs, was involved in a single vehicular accident on the morning of January 4th and sustained minor injuries, including a laceration to his forehead. Contrary to early media reports, Josh was never charged with the DUI. After an extensive review of the evidence, <laughs> the Clark County District Attorney office filed a compliant this morning, only charging Josh with failure to exercise due care. I'm wondering if we can all get one of those post-dated, or at least a future credit, asking for a friend. The Dallas Cowboys have agreed to a deal in principle for Dan Quinn to become their new defensive coordinator. It's a three-year deal reported by Ian Rapoport of the NFL Network. Quinn was fired in the 2020 season as the Falcons head coach and will replace Mike Nolan. In five-plus seasons with the Falcons, Quinn posted a 43-42 and 42 record, including a trip to the Super Bowl in 2016. I can't imagine Jerry's going to put him in charge of the special teams, especially the on-site kicks. Ian Rappaport reported this was the main reason for the firing of Doug Peterson, head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, via NFL Network. Ian just tweets,
2: after speaking with two people close to former Eagles head coach Doug Peterson, it sounds like
0: it boiled down to this. Peterson was sick of people telling him what to do. Peterson led the Eagles to the franchise's first Lombardi Trophy in 2017, coaching Philadelphia to a 13-3 finish and an unlikely run to the Super Bowl with backup quarterback Nick Foles. His pairing with Carson Wentz seems to have hit an impasse in the controversy over the final game where it appeared that Peterson threw the game by taking Jalen Hurts out. I guess we will finally find out what really happened behind the scenes. And that's your Armchair Quarterbacks wake-up show, CBS Sports Flash. Stay tuned for more of the Armchair Quarterbacks on these CBS affiliates, Armchair Quarterbacks YouTube Live, and the Armchair Quarterbacks app. Tap that app today. This portion of the show is being brought to you by our mystery sponsor, a product that is so good that they're paying us to keep anyone from associating it with this program.
2: You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks on CBS Sports Radio. You got to fight for your right.
0: To
1: Make contact.
0: A collective psychosis is sweeping the nation. We're in the thick of the haze craze and Elysian is introducing an altered state of IPA. Contact Haze is a tangled chemistry of mild haze, low bitterness, and an explosion of hop aroma. This hazy IPA bursts with notes of bright raspberry, currant, citrus, guava, and passion fruit. Available in six pack cans and stores in all Seattle Elysian locations. Make contact. We got a tie, we need to fix it. We need a tiebreaker. I agree. Ties are not acceptable in fantasy football. Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Not equally as good as your friends, okay? It's not communism. We're not coveting Billy Joel cassette tapes and wearing ill-fitting blue jeans. Welcome back here, to the Armchair Quarterbacks. We got uh man. We got a lot of baseball stuff going on. I th- team is. I feel like the hot stove is finally starting to warm up a little bit. And I feel like we yeah. see this every year after the New Year's. It always seems like to me. Maybe it's just because I get I get more focused on it. Maybe, but I always feel like that once the national title game ends, that I don't know <laughs> GMS and. Agents get off get off their ass and start actually calling each other. I don't know if they're if they're just too many Alabama fans that that are <laughs> that, that are player agents. I don't know what the reasoning is, but I feel like it always happens, and we should start seeing. I expect at least one, maybe even two big signings this week, and then that's just going to open the floodgates. I I just, Yeah. And the, the first Seems we, like we yeah we didn't get a chance to talk about this with. Justin, but I I'll I'll hit him back later on it. This DJ LeMayhu story is getting interesting because there's there's look when there's that much smoke, there's got to be a little bit of fire. There are too many outlets that are reporting the DJ LeMayhew is a little pissed off and offended at the offer that's being thrown at him by the Yankees. He's wanting five years. They're offering three or four. That that hasn't been confirmed. And a lot of it's got to do with his age, but I think he's looking at it as a... All, all athletes always feel like they're in their prime, so that's number one. And then number two, he signed a very club-friendly deal when he came to New York a couple of years ago. I want to say the, the deal was worth like $6 million a year. Like two years, $6 million. And I think he wants a little bit of a payback of look what the hell I've done for you. And I comparatively, don't compare it to yourself. You're riding around listening, don't I only make twelve dollars an hour. Yeah, well you can't hit a curveball. Uh the, the, the I mean you can give me hit a fastball. So I mean you, you can give me four <laughs> bats and I'm not gonna hit a curveball. Uh <laughs> Give me a, an oar and it's, I, I might, I might tip, I, I might foul tip it after six tries. <laughs> yeah,
2: maybe with a lawn chair. I don't know, yeah. but I
0: wouldn't <laughs> do that. No, but my my best chance of getting on base in Major League Baseball is I'm going to lean in or lean in over the plate and just take take my legs.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm going Major League Two, Corbin Burnson, just lean into one and do some Major League stretching once I get to first base.
0: <laughs> It's probably gonna shatter, you sh- know, sh- shatter my femur, and I'll probably be done. But you know what? It'll be worth it. <laughs> yeah,
2: I got, I got a free uniform out of I it. I got so on first base,
0: baby. It'll be yeah. just like high school over again. Uh, <laughs> I got to first base. <laughs> uh, the so what? W- the rumor I'm hearing is what is that they're offering somewhere around three years, 60, maybe 75. If there is a fourth year, it's closer to 80 than it is the 25 year that he's wanting, which would take it to 100. And he's wanting more of like the five-year 125, which is what JD signed a couple of years ago. Right. So if all of this is true, and a lot of times they just come up with this stuff because they're bored and they're trying to come up with, with filler, but there's too many different outlets that are reporting this. He supposedly now. The one thing I can confirm, his agent has said that they have opened up negotiations with other teams, so there's something to this. And the team that keeps coming to the forefront in every one of these articles, and I know I've talked about the you know the uh, the email chain that I'm always involved in. I gotta come up with a nickname for that, but these guys swear to it too that the Mets are heavily involved in this, that the Mets are trying to steal Lemayhew from the Yankees. As a big middle finger to the Yankees organization and putting their stamp on, here we come. We're coming for, for, for this. We're not just trying to win the World Series. We want to win New York City. Right. And they're not going to sign them both, but it's between whether or not they're going to get LeMahieu or George Springer. I think they're much better off getting George Springer. But sometimes you can't underestimate Petty, right? They Second base is a need but George Springer is a much bigger need. Where where are you at on this? Well,
2: last night I was in a different spot. Then I woke up this morning and I was going through my notes and I was flipping through the Boston outlets, and now they're saying that the Red Sox are a name, the team has come back into the mix. Uh, we are short on the...
0: Second base. Would they position. spend that kind of money for for an aging second baseman, a team that's a little farther away than other teams for competing? For that's all. The thing
2: that with Bloom. If, if this was still Dave Dombrowski, mm-hmm. he probably would have signed this morning. He would. Okay, here's 19 prospects and a Cadillac and 40 million dollars a year. Go and but it's not the case in Boston. You don't need anymore. the
0: prospects to sign him. Doesn't matter. I'm giving them to you anyways. Does somebody yeah, want
2: them? Yeah. No, we, we just really don't want to give them uniforms I'm, anymore. So I'm just,
0: sick and tired of these prospects sucking from our teat. Okay? <laughs> it's, it's getting a little absurd. Every week they want some kind of a paycheck. I'm like, I don't even know why why Pawtowski exists. I mean, yeah. can, can, can't we just run this like the New England Patriots? They don't have a farm system. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so being that Bloom is running the helm, anytime you start getting into those, like, upper echelon contracts you know a lot of years and things like that but it is still boston yankees rivalry so maybe i i don't know i think i i still feel like he's gonna be a yankee next year i really don't think that enough has happened to where dj's gonna just say you know what i've had it this is the new york yankees man i mean I don't I, I don't know
0: what their end game is if, if they don't sign him like what is their backup plan that's, because hey yeah, not, not only do you not have a second baseman which isn't that big of a deal because the way they do shifts until they outlaw the shifts second base doesn't matter anymore the guy just stands there um, they no longer have to have range right it's not a it's not a it's it just isn't shortstop second base third base they've all become moot points as far as defense um We'll, we'll get into this down the road, but I'm just let you know where I land. I'm a firm believer in they need to outlaw the shifts. And I know everyone like, oh, we're going to hit the other way. This isn't 1902. The game is different, and you're boring us to tears. You've got to get the ball in play. And the only way to get the ball in play is to, is to outlaw the shifts. Other than that, they were just banging the ball down into, into the ground and getting thrown out at first base, or they're striking out. But that's another argument down the road. So right now, the way baseball is played is that there's there's no longer a need for athleticism in your infield. That's why I say that when the when the everyone's excited about the Mets getting Lindor, and they're gonna sign like a four hundred million dollar deal, whatever the hell they're gonna sign them to eventually. It's gonna be a waste of money, because the analytics will tell you you don't need that. You just need guys that can hit. And the defense has become moot point because you're putting four guys over in like an area of like 25 feet. Me, you and Justin <laughs> could do that. Eventually, one was going to knock the ball down. And we just toss it over to first. As long as we have a good first baseman, me and Justin can play can, can, can play the infield anywhere nowadays because it's no I, longer
2: that. By the way, I'm just throwing
0: it out there. You and Justin signed with somebody. I'm showing up. Oh, I'm it's oh, up. it's on. We're gonna be more like goalies. We're we're gonna be dropping to our knees and putting our stomachs out and trying to block the ball and then just pick it up and <laughs> chuck it over there. We might need one athletic guy over there with us, you know, you know, one like shortstop, someone who's who's actually athletic, but Justin and I can just play goalie essentially. Uh you know as long as we're not to throw it all the way from that from right field, we'll be fine, you know. Um and if it and you know the deep shifts where, where, where the guy is deep is basically a really deep second base slash shallow left field. Yeah. Just and I, just and I would probably have to hit the cutoff man if, if we're playing that position.
2: <laughs> yeah, just get Manny Ramirez about it. Hit the
0: yeah, yeah. But- I don't, I I don't, I don't know if, if if shallow left field to first base we get the ball there in time. So we, so we might have to relay to each other. <laughs>
2: Couple about you're selling yourself short. Six, seven bounces. Eventually, it'll get there, buddy. It'll don't, get
0: there, don't. but I'm talking in the time. Analytics will show you that if that, that if that if, uh, if if Justin and I just relay to each other, it'll we'll move a lot quicker. Uh, <laughs> that's assuming that we catch it um, and don't do one of these numbers. <laughs> <laughs> that ball's hard, man. Quit throwing it so fast. <laughs> so. The LeMahieu signing, when people see that, and some people will, will discredit him for his defense. Defense doesn't matter anymore in baseball. They've eliminated that with the shifts. So you're really just looking for a stick at that point. But, man, that guy's getting up there in age. I think he's 32. I could be wrong yeah. about it. He's somewhere in that range. I don't know what it will be on opening day, but I want to say he's 32 right now. So you, if you sign a five-year deal, you have a 37-year-old... Second baser, what if they do wake the hell up and go, man, this not shift thing, which I think is coming, this is boring everyone to tears and there's no defense anymore. We grew up on Ozzy Smith and Omar Vizquel making great defensive sh- plays. R- Roberto Alomar, the list goes on and on and on. Kids don't see that anymore. U.S. kids who's the best defensive infielder in the game, they'll be like, What? Nah, man, but did you see Tatis's bat flip? That was cool. That's all they know. Because yeah. you're, you're you're not wowed by it. So it's a – I don't know if I – I can't blame the Yankees. I don't know if I'm giving a guy five years, $125 million. What if they ban the shift? Then, holy crap, you're my DH. And what am I going to do with Stanton? Because he's worse than, than not having a defensive player. He's a defensive liability out there. And Andy.
2: Four
0: hundred times a season, and and every check swing he like throws out his oblique. I'm like, dude, as many as many as much times you spend in the gym, how the hell do you are you so easily injured? Right. Um. It reminds me of the old days when the when everyone was talking about how all the guys were on creatine, and this was before they had had really banned it in baseball, and then all of a sudden one year, all the uh, the the killer bees fr- from Houston. They were all getting injured left and right and they were all in creatine and, and, and people had basically linked the two together saying that some of these substances that they were taking, I don't know what stands on, but they, that they were taking was actually dehydrating their body. And so when they would get hit by a fastball or whatnot, th- their bones were much more brittle. I, I still don't know if that ever got proved, but that was a huge theory back then um but anyways Stanton's already a defensive liability you're not trading him because nobody wants him the, you know the guy yeah when he's hot he's great he, when he gets a hold of one it's great, but the guy's never gonna hit over like 250 again in his career and even if he gets the at bats, I still think he he levels out at maybe a 40 home run guy and considering how much he strikes out and when he gets on base he's a liability, I wouldn't want Stanton. 320 million or was it 325 he signed four years ago uh he's got at least have half of that left it's least
2: yeah at least
0: because he signed uh, that i remember where i was when i heard that was the old house i've been in this house we bought this house three years ago so i want to say it was about four seasons ago where where he signed, so he's got at least five. At least five. I'm thinking he might he might have six years of that junk left. And everyone goes, Trey Stanton for what? No one wants him. You're to have to pay his entire salary. Then what have you done? The, I mean, the only way you do it is you get to someone to who 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 wants like a ticket draw, and you're gonna pay basically their entire salary, and you're doing it just to get some prospects to help you build for when. When you finally get that idiot off your off your payroll, that's the only thing I would trade Stanton for. You're I hear of, there's an Paul
2: okay. <laughs> Tuckett.
0: He could buy. I mean, Pawtucket. if you're willing to pay him not to play for them, he could buy Paul and I'm not talking about the team. <laughs> he could buy the town.
2: Town, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Scranton. He could buy the Yankees program, for that matter. Yes, but
0: the so. I, I don't know. I, I'm on the fence here, what you do with it. Another thing that I think that you would uh, be intrigued by, the latest rumor. You ready for this one for JBJ? Sure. Atlanta, two years, $16 million. And I am a, I'm a little shocked that he would sign for such a small deal. And if he would sign such a small deal, my next question is, why the hell wouldn't Boston give him that? Yeah, but that's that was being reported by three different major uh, sources yesterday that there's interest and in and the, in, in the in the common denominator was they said that most teams only want to give them a one year deal and Atlanta might be willing to give him a two year. The problem with that theory is, does that mean that we're just giving up on Ozuna? because JBJ is not the, the bat that Ozuna is. You're bringing him in not. for defense and then the issue I have with that team is is you probably didn't get a chance to see much Atlanta baseball, but they've got this young kid named Christian Pache that is their center fielder of the future. Why would he he played phenomenally in the last couple of weeks of the season and they're saying, "Well, they might want to send him back down to the minors for a year." Why? The kid looks ready. So why waste that money on him when you could put Pache in center, put Acuna in right where he belongs? Putting him in center field is screwing Acuna up. It really is. It's a terrible idea. And I say back the truck up and bring in Ozuna, and pretty much you bring back your team from last year. And you're adding Charlie Morton. But they're talking about JBJ to play center. Pache going back to the minors. And then I don't know what they're going to do with left field. I don't know if they'll try to bring back Adam Duvall. If they'll, if that means they're, if they sign a club friendly deal like that, does that mean they're still in the mix for Ozuna? The whole thing becomes interesting, but I think we're going to start seeing a lot of things move in, in the next, uh, I'd say in the next week or so, where we're going to start getting heck, heck by the next time we are on Thursday, we, we, we might have a major signing. Because it starts running, Liam Hendricks getting signed was a big deal last night. Because he kind of kicked the door in for relievers. Now everyone's going go well, to go, well, I got to get my bullpen together. I got to get my bullpen together. What are you doing? What are you doing? Just watching college football? Get, get your head out of your ass. Let's go get a bullpen together. So. And
2: the Red Sox have said all along, bullpen and starting pitching is their top priority. So,
0: <laughs> isn't it always for everybody?
2: Well, yeah, but, I mean, after our season last year, uh, come on, man. Uh, <laughs> I think I think we were a bit more – I'm hoping we were a bit more serious than most teams. We were awful.
0: That bullpen was terrible.
2: Oh, my God. Our starting lineup, our starting pitching rotation was awful. We didn't have sale. Erod's heart was about to explode. Uh, they were pulling kids in there, I was – this guy's not even shaven yet. Who are these people?
0: So you've got Erod coming back this year. Sale won't be back till the end of the year. If best case scenario. Yeah. We got what's his
2: name of uh, 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 isn't Ivaldi oh,
0: a free agent? Oh, no, Ivaldi's with us. Oh, I th- okay. So he had an option. He, he must have declined his option. Okay, so. Yeah. Uh-huh. I can't, yeah. I can't blame him in this climate. It was probably a smart deal to just go ahead and take whatever you had. Um, he's
2: at Boston. We like him there. He's done a good job for yeah, us. Yeah, But
0: when it's all said and done, it's about the money and he's probably looking at it as, and as I would, if, if I believe in myself, let me go out and, and pitch another year and let me see what, what the, what the market climate is next year after, after we get past, you know, the vaccines totally, yeah. and all that stuff. So, um, but that's essentially all you got, right? That's it. Big names. Yeah. Oof. Um, <laughs> girl. Yeah. Yeah, it's a fun little game we're playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a dangerous game. It's a bold move, Cotton. Yeah, thought of pitching cause that we're gonna change analytics. We're not gonna have pitchers. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bold prediction, Cotton. Let's yeah. see if the pay. We're gonna, what we're gonna try to do here is we're gonna try to outscore you maybe not with batters we're gonna try to we're gonna try to get on base by getting hit by pitches it's a new kind of money ball yeah I want to see if I can pull up uh some of the free agent pitchers because there are some look there are some ones that are out there that are uh oh what is this are, are they showing okay I don't know why they put Carlos Carrasco up there. I'm like, why are they show, showing him as a free agent? It's just the way they did it. Um, there are free agents out there that that you can expect to be available that you can maybe... I mean, right now, there are guys that... Okay, I'm trying to put pull, pull up some, some of the names that are... Um, I mean, Chris Archer's out there. Is Jake Arietta a free agent? I guess he is. I did not realize that. It's, I don't know how, how accurate. It's all on com, but I'm starting to wonder about...
2: Uh, if the interns went to sleep?
0: Yeah, I, well, because I don't remember Arietta being a free agent, but maybe he is. you think that would be bigger news. Um some of the ones that I know are free agents, like Felix Hernandez would be an interesting one, a guy that you could get cheap. He looked really good in Atlanta for when he pitched, and then he opted out because of, of, of COVID concerns. So he would be an interesting one. I know Rich Hill is a, is a free agent. Uh, yeah,
2: that name's been swirling around Boston because you know he's from there. He's played for us before. John um,
0: Lester. All right,
2: that's a good story. It would be a good story, but I, I don't think
0: so. I don't. I'm I'm talking about guys that you could sign for one year deals to kind of piece yourself together for to really build something for next. I'm not saying I don't. I th- I think the ship is essentially sailing on Boston competing for a world championship this year, but with the expanded playoffs that's assumed to happen, I don't think it's that crazy to think that Boston could be in the conversation of a wild card if if they pulled some of the. Man, I'm, I'm I'm trying to give you some hope here. Um, I know who I had it confused. Jake Rizzi is is a free agent. That's who I was thinking of because him and Ivaldi uh, pitched on in Tampa at the same time. Um, Martin Perez is a free agent. A- any interest in bringing him back for Boston?
2: It doesn't sound like it. From I mean, they just didn't they DFA him.
0: Yeah, I well, I don't have that in front of me. I just have the the free agent I'm list. Sure that, that, that's Here, here's left. another guy. He's an innings eater. He's a veteran. You can get him cheap. Annabal Sanchez. He had a couple of good seasons with Atlanta, and then the and and then the uh, World Series champion year with uh, with Washington. He's a name that flies on the radar. He he, he doesn't blow you away with his strikeout rate, but he gets outs and he eats innings. Yeah, uh, which hey, that sounds Tanaka. Great for- no one's talking about Tanaka. He's talking about he might go pitch back in Japan. I'm like, why the hell does Donwood want Tanaka? 356 ERA. That's what that's the money is asking for though. Ah, uh, I haven't heard anything outlandish. Julio Tehran. Eh. Uh yeah. Adam Wainwright, he's a bulldog. I think the only way Adam Wainwright comes back does if he, if he plays for the Cardinals. Doesn't sound like that he wants to start over new somewhere. Um, he might be able to talk to be talked into go pitching for a contender, like a team that you know he definitely thinks is going to be the plus. But I don't know if he would. Cole Hamels would be an interesting one because he's got to go prove himself now. And that and you and you could get he to back the track
2: anymore with Hamels. I mean, he would have to earn.
0: Yeah. Um if Hamilton pitches this year, it's gonna be I'm not gonna say it's a minor league contract, but it's gonna be a very club friendly one year deal. He, yeah. he ain't getting 18 million again, man. No, 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 no. Um Mike Fires. He he's a free agent. I don't think Houston will sign him. <laughs> there there are some interesting options to be able to piece together a staff that you could save money long term start looking towards next year but you can keep your fans happy you can't go out there and put another stinker out again for Boston Boston no, fans no. man that's no. just they're not built that way they're not used to rebuilds right they're they're used to reloading retooling this is not like what Atlanta went through for four, for four seasons that was brutal Boston fans are not going to stick around for that junk
2: no they well we've already no it they demand more. And here's a question, though. How did Archer do when he got to Pittsburgh? I know what he was like against us.
0: He was up and down. He was very okay. up and down. So he, uh, very much more up towards the end of last season, much more down this, the year before.
2: Yeah, I was never drinking his Kool Aid. I thought you just never knew which. Archer you were going to get. Now, there were some days he went out there and he looked like freaking Nolan Ryan. You know, he just... Oh, like, I would
0: never sign him to a long-term, big-time deal now. No, he's
2: no.
0: And that ship has sailed with him. Uh, man, did the man, did the Rays get a haul with that guy. Yeah. Because they brought in <laughs> uh, Glassnow, and they also brought in Austin Meadows off that deal. <sighs> I want to... Look, if I'm hiring in Major League Baseball, anybody that has Tampa Bay Rays on their resume, I go, come on, let's go, let's go, come on, let's go. Yeah. You, know, you know, those are the guys that just won the World Series in in uh, in L.A. And when we're talking about all this stuff that's going on with the Padres, those guys came from the Rays. I don't know what the hell yeah. the Rays are doing down there, but they are cooking with gas, brother. I mean, they are figuring ways to you – know, they're, they're coming out. You give them a pack of baloney. A, you know in a tortilla and somehow they come out with a five star meal six minutes later you're like you're the man.
2: And you know that's why I got very excited when we uh hired Bloom he might be the most boring GM on you know to interview or hear speak or whatever, but his resume's pretty pretty good. <laughs> so maybe, you know, now that he actually can spend money in Boston because he never could in Tampa. There was no money to spend, you know, and they just pumped pitchers out of Tampa. I mean, so hopefully, 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 we got to do something in Boston. Well, see,
0: that's what happens. These guys use all the tools that they learn in Tampa. They take them to another market where they actually have a bank account. And all of a sudden, they, they look like geniuses. Right,
2: they're not, sell, they're not buying with food stamps and right. stuff anymore.
0: Yeah, that's, exactly, that, that's exactly what it's like. It's like you're not going to the store with food stamps. All of a sudden, someone gives you an unlimited credit card. You're like, you're the best cook I've ever seen. Well, you should have seen what I've I mean, – I mean, brother, I've been using government cheese over here, man. <laughs> I can do amazing things
2: with beans and franks. You have no idea. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: I mean, I haven't pooped in a week, but hey, it's good each, you know.
0: <laughs> before you run, there there was one uh, great story that came out. I want to get your take on it. Um, came out yesterday, the day before, that it is being rumored that Major League Baseball is planning on a full 162 and, an, and even more uh, surprising, a normal spring training. So in other words... It's not going to be some limited spring training. Now, I don't know if there will be fans in the stands. That's the difference. I'm sure there will be some because it will be in Florida. And I think Arizona is somewhat open as well. But I'm talking about being able to get it going and not have the shutdown and the, all the fears. What's your take on that?
2: Yeah, that was actually going to be my walk-off because I, I read an article about it, and all I can say to that is please, please do this. Uh, 60 games was just crap. Th- it was the best time to ever be in combat. That's all I can say. If I had to pick a season, buddy. Brother. Th- it, I, I, that's the one thing you I think. You think you were in
0: hell? I mean, <laughs> I did. Dude, I did a daily sports talk show from late March, middle of March. And I guess that was actually early March. it wasn't the 13th that it shut down. From middle of March, we'll just say, till... Late July with not one iota of sporting to, to refer to. Yeah, you know, I you know was one
2: turn how back. Involved early, you got into or something because you, know, nothing-
0: you know you know mean vaults that we did. Like I, I I have flashbacks of that now, but uh, I did vault games for for most. So guys would come on and we would talk about the nineteen eighty six Celtics versus Lakers and that. Okay, that's fun until about day, until about day two and you're like yeah gotta, for a minute gotta do yeah. this again Arr. uh it it was getting extremely depressing um and we tried to do what we could and but it i'll tell you what man uh we actually got some shout outs on social media that i thought were kind of funny basically saying these are the real heroes <laughs> these guys are trying to talk sports <laughs> and there's no sports to talk about we had a couple of mentions that I had to laugh because I was like, yeah, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> they were talking about, these are the first responders. One guy said, these are the these are the real first responders. <laughs> <laughs> Most of you guys are taking vacations. The armchair quarterbacks are over there. And I was digging up like World Series games from 1960. Try, and I, and I, I would actually find the audio and we would play it. And I was like, oh, God. Never again. I can't even watch like the classic games anymore without you know you, I'm like shell shocked. I don't know I don't want to see that. I wanna see it live. I wanna see it live. Um also real quick on on the pitcher substance on the ball. So you brought it up. I wanted to get more into this, but I I failed miserably. We got talking about uh the free agent stuff. What it sounds like is that everybody's doing it. And what Justin and I have essentially put a cap on the other day was we believe everybody is doing it to some degree, and what they need to have is a universal. It's okay to use X, whatever it is, because some are using pine tar, some are using something called tack, which is just you know it's like sticky stuff. So, some of them are some of them are using the, the old school stuff that a Fred Blitnikoff used on his hands to catch pass called them. You just grab a little bit, and what they're saying is because these balls come out, they're so new, they're so slick, it gives them a better grip of the ball, but what it is done, it's not changing the trajectory, right? That's not what it's really doing. What the study has shown is it is increasing the velocity. Cause you're getting what they call a better spin rate. Right. And so you, you, when you, if, if someone's never really thrown a baseball much, mm-hmm. when, when you release the ball, it, it actually rolls off your fingers. It doesn't, but it rolls very violently off your fingers. It's not just, you know, woo. uh, so throw like, if if you throw like some people possibly it does but i pitched a little bit when i was younger obviously not very well because i wouldn't be sitting here but the but when the ball comes off you're almost kind of like trying to snap it right and that stickum allows you to snap it even harder and that's why you're getting guys who would normally probably pitch in the low 90s getting up to the upper 90s on average, it's it's giving them about two to three miles an hour on their fastball. Right. And that's a big deal. Yeah, it's a very big deal. You're only throwing it 60 feet. So, yeah,
2: that extra two miles an hour means something, man. And But I think they should just all be like Harris in Major League, you know, Bardal, Penzel, and if the umps are watching me close, I just rub a little jalapeno in my nose and you right.
1: put snot on the
2: ball. Don't have an arm like yours. You do anything, you
0: can <laughs> Right. I don't. I just, yeah, I, I think something needs this, to be universal. This
2: is, brand, this is not. And then everybody just walk that line. Just stay in that lane. Because they then, they all
0: argue if we don't use it, we're going to end up hitting players. Right. And you say. know,
2: baseball can't stand another we just can't go through this again, you know. Like the steroid era, he was using this, but he can't use it. Yeah, just pick, and then right. everybody stay in that lane, and let's move on. Let's just please put this to bed before it blows up. That's
0: I say. That's, let, I said let him use stick them and then just have, and then just have, just have a bowl have a big bowl in the locker room, kind of like a candy bowl and put steroids in there and just let them eat them like tic-tacs, you know, know, (laughs) snarl at the plate, you know, foaming at the mouth. I don't care what their long-term health problems are. Just they're, they're, they're making $30 million a year. I'm sure they can get it figured out. Just, you know, just rabid dogs, just,
2: just ripping it out of the building. Just get Roger Clemens about it, throwing bats back at Mike my, my Piazza and stuff. Just let's just let's just go nuts. Let's just have do it all. It.
0: Let's get JBJ on him so he can actually leap over the fence and catch the ball. <laughs> you know, it'll be like a video game. It'll be like you know, it'll be like putting trampolines out there. Why not? I mean, it's. Not, under- I mean, I don't. <laughs> I mean, I don't care. Do you? <laughs> you just, I'd pay to watch it. Why Dude. not? What's your walk off, sir?
2: My walk off, guys. Get the. Get the baseball season correct this year. No more shortened seasons, anything like that. I understand COVID's a real thing and everything, but so we're baseball fans. Let's get the whole – even if we're not allowed to build the stadiums, open them up, you know, like baseball being like football has, you know, 20% capacity, 30% capacity, and let's just build from there. But let's get America's
0: pastime back in the mix, please, please. Please. Amen to that. We are—is it this twelfth? Today's the twelfth. We are just about a month away from pitchers and catchers reporting. So I want to say it's the thirteenth or fourteenth, something like that. And the first—I w- I was looking it up the other day because we're—we're we're, we're wanting to know—we're uh, going to shut down for a couple of weeks in the month of uh, February after the Super Bowl. Uh, the first preseason games that are scheduled. February twenty-seventh. So we are six weeks away from the first spring training games that we should see. Which means my walk-off to you is everyone needs to get busy. Get to signing yeah. people. There are way too many free agents on January twelfth. Okay. You gotta yeah. be in camp in about the pitchers have to be there in a month. The the hitters have to be there in about five or six weeks, right? I mean, you kind of need to know: Are you going to Arizona? Or are you going to Florida? <laughs> like, or are you playing? Or right. are you not? You know? Right. Or are you going to go to Japan with Tanaka? Because he said, "Screw y'all! Cool. I'll, I'll, I'll go back home if y'all don't pay me." Um, I hear
2: flights are very cheap this time of year, so why not?
0: I'm sure that is fun getting getting off the plane in Tokyo with COVID going on. <laughs> uh,
1: I bet they lo- so- I
0: bet they love seeing an American walking around over there. You're bringing it to us! get <laughs> What? Because <laughs> anyone's going to get flipped out by anyone they think that came from overseas, right? And you're going to stick out like a sore thumb over it, over, over in Japan, about a foot higher than everybody else. Come here and watch some baseball. Get your ass back on the plane. <laughs> oh, man.
2: It's like, quarantined on the plane, buddy. You're not even getting off the plane to quarantine.
0: That was like 30 hours. <laughs> and I, I had to hold... Tanaka's goat the whole time this is ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> i swear i'm in the bullpen let me play i'm <laughs> what are you two fat asses doing over here being justin or your infield this year we talked about this on the show <laughs> you spoke underhand hey it works doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> that's not a baseball glove i know i said i was bringing my hockey gear i'm just, <laughs> I'm just gonna swat the ball down and chuck it over to first I'll, I'll play for a cool. I'll, I'll play for a cool five hundred thousand for that. How about that? You, you can get me signed up today.
2: You are a giver. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And if you'd see how long it takes for me getting to get up off the couch, I don't think anyone would buy into that. <laughs> <laughs> if you fall, the guys, it's going to be in outside the park. Home run or the ground out to second base. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, brother. I'll see you uh, Thursday. <laughs> We're going to be back in a flash. Should we come back? Kyrie Irving's up to more crap, and I'm going to tell you what it's about.
2: I apologize for the distractions.
0: The Armchair Quarterback Show, weekdays, coast-to-coast, coast, Southern Sports Talk Radio. Find us on Facebook Live today, and tap that Armchair Quarterback's app. Your first choice for sports talk, live from the First Coast. Where it began, I can't
1: begin to.
0: Armchair Quarterbacks Radio covers the whole SEC the whole season long.
1: Dobbs heaves it. They're bunched up in the end zone. It's tipped up. It's caught. It is caught. Jovan Jennings. Just the starting
0: of things. First quarter at the game Bowl in Jacksonville. As blockers dig to the right, gets outside the
2: 35. Look out! He's past midfield and he's got a blocker. Cuts to the inside.
0: Herschel Walker. There he goes again.
1: Straight up the middle. Touchdown! Delayed reaction. But Tebow got in. Oh, jump pass. How about that? Oh, my gosh! That looks like 1955. Holy cow! Are you kidding me?
2: I'm sure.
1: Hey sports fans, football
0: season is here and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag has more odds and props than anyone else in the industry. Using MyBookie is simple. Just pick your team, select your odds, and collect your cash. MyBookie.ag has proven to
1: be the most exciting online experience for all sports fans. With the fastest payouts in the industry, there's no other choice than MyBookie.ag. Get in on the
0: action today. Visit MyBookie.ag today. Join now, and MyBookie will double your first deposit. Use promo code SKIN to activate the offer. That's promo code SKIN. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, you get paid. A proud sponsor of the Armchair Quarterbacks. It's time for you to put your own skin in the game.
2: You're listening to the Armchair Quarterbacks Show. We're here weekdays. Drive time? Find the Armchair Quarterbacks Show on Facebook today.
0: I hold the microphone like a
1: grudge. Give you a hold of record so the needle don't budge. Lift up your shirt, son.
2: I need an adult. I need an adult.
1: You're not a shoplifter. You're just a fat kid. Hey, Tom, he's just a fat kid. Aren't you fatty? He's just a big old fat kid. Here's some chocolate fatso. Thanks.
2: Your nostrum is not my
0: problem, but I'll smoke one. Yeah. Back here, the Armchair Quarterbacks uh, listening to Andrew Tutain and his uh, Ox on the Roof, his little Brooklyn jam band that we know well. Um, really good band. If you get a chance to check them out in the uh, Brooklyn area, by the way, uh, they've been they've been around for a while. They used to be called uh, Hadron the Collider. I think this was the was the uh, was the name of the band before that, but they're Ox on the Roof at this point. Um, Let's go ahead and get into. Man, I'm gonna tell you right now. This whole thing with Kyrie Irving. Ugh. Cause baby,
2: now we got
1: bad blood. You know what really grinds my gish? You. You.
0: So, if you haven't seen this crap with Kyrie Irving. He is going to miss the fourth game tonight. The fourth game tonight, for what he's calling personal reasons, but what it is that he's using as the excuse is—it's been—it's been four games since the Capitol riot. And those were terrible. We get it. He is continuing his absence. I also am convinced he's doing this because. Okay, realize Kevin Durant had missed some time too. the The Nets are doing terribly right now. They are struggling. They are having a a bad go of it at the beginning. And with all that being said, he signed a four year 136 contract. So I'm going to do the math out of here real quick because now that it's popped into my head, I'm really curious about this. So you go four years 136, right? And you divide that by the years. Okay, that breaks down to to what? Uh, sorry, like six things went off on my phone as soon as I I know better than to do that, and I still did it. Thirty four a year. Now that's going to be prorated this year, but it's but per game will not change. So he won't actually make that much because of the fact that they're not going to play a full eighty two. They're actually going to play 72, so his salary is prorated. But the per game does not change. So if you take the 34 and you break it into that, what you're talking about is making $410,000 roughly a basketball game. Now, you try to wrap your head around that as... a, as a, as a normal working person around the country, right? $410,000. I want to double check my math to make sure I'm, I'm saying this correctly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's right. $410,000. He's taking personal time, but the, but the jackass is taking the money for it. So he's not, it's not like he's punting his money. It's not like it's going back into the organization because they're not getting him on the court, which means they are not getting eyeballs on the TV that may want to go watch. May want to watch him play. Granted, they don't have t- fans in the stands right now in New York City, but you're still talking about people who might be fans of the Nets that might go. I don't want to watch this. He's not even playing. And th- th- what about the few games before when there was no Kevin Durant either? So you're not going to watch that. But you're talking about a guy who's going to take four. It wouldn't shock me. It takes another another game. He's gonna get paid two million dollars for his feelings. I mean, it's absurd. Everyone was upset with what happened last last uh, Wednesday. You weren't. You're an idiot. But you went to work. Yeah, you, you still go to work. You don't say. Well, I'm gonna shut her down. He did this similarly Similarly, in the summer. He threatened to not play because, and this was after George Floyd, I think it was actually one of the ones that ended up being proven that uh, there wasn't foul play involved. I believe it might have been the Blake case, but I don't quote me on that. Um, he threatened to not play the rest of the season. But you damn better believe he wants his money. They signed him a four-year deal, and so he's, what, on year two? And we laughed about it. Every every Celtics fan, we laughed. Have him. You can take him. He's trash. He's a trash human being. It's all about him. And he's not very bright either. Remember, this is the same dude. Somehow, Duke University let in a guy that thought the earth was flat. Whether he's changed his stance on that or not, it doesn't matter. He was in his 20s talking on, on national media about how he thought that the earth was flat. That it's a conspiracy. So, oh, by the way, wow. Every scientist and, you know what, anyone with a fourth grade education rolled their eyes and go, What? What? hell I want to say I knew that by like the time I was in kindergarten but I'm pretty sure it was a lesson by the time I was in second grade third grade easily. I can remember laughing in the books at the people from 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 centuries ago that thought the earth was remember, remember they thought that Columbus was gonna fall off the face of the earth he shouldn't he shouldn't ride east. That's why it took so long for people to go east on ships they thought because people would just vanish and never come back they vanished because they got there and they got over here and they said well I can't turn around and go back that that <laughs> that, that ship is just trash at this point so I went through it or they might have went through during hurricane season never made it over but okay there was valid reasoning back then when you know what we know today to make that kind of comment so this is the kind of idiot that you got working for you and you're giving for you're giving them four hundred ten thousand dollars a game. So he'll get another 4'10 this today and do nothing but sit on his rear and get, get in touch with his feelings. This guy didn't have a tragedy in his family. None of that. We all understand that. So, some of the warriors out there will actually go out there and actually play through it, but we understand. I mean, you know, the Brett Favres are few and far between the – Remember, you know, he loses his dad and then that Monday night he plays the game of his life. That's a little, that's few and far between. This is a guy who's just taking the game, taking a day off because he couldn't deal with the emotions. Okay, I could almost give him a pass for one game, but my God, get your head out of your ass and get to work. It's This is the fourth game now. This is a week of this nonsense. And oh by the way, Nets fans, news flash, breaking news. This is going to happen again and again and again until you get out of this terrible contract with him. And you can't let KD extort you into signing him again. You got to let him go. When he finally gets out of there, let him go. He is a cancer. He is not get- People who picked the Nets to get to the NBA Finals, you're nuts. Not as long as Kyrie Irving's on that roster. I the more and more we get separated from this, the more and more I am impressed that LeBron James won that championship in spite of having Kyrie Irving on the on the team. Yeah, he hit the big shot in the end. Everyone wants to pat. It was one shot. The fact that he kept that knucklehead in place, and then remember how ungrateful he was talking down about LeBron in a roundabout way. He's a jerk. He's a flat out jerk. All right, and rant. Let's go to happy stuff. Happy time. Well, this is bad time. Uh, there are two games by the way that have been called off due to COVID. Uh Pelicans and Mavericks and Celtics and Bulls will not be played uh because of COVID. I suspect it will get re re uh rescheduled. There just isn't a word on when yet, so uh and you see called off on, on, your, on your major news outlets. They're not canceling it. They will play it down the road. But we're going to go through this all year with sports. We went through it last year, the sports that actually played. I don't consider the NBA have played during COVID because when you lock yourself in a bubble, you're not dealing with the same thing. And it's going to happen. Remember, all these NBA players now, they were locked in a little bubble and thought that they escaped the inevitable the inevitable is no one no one is exposed now they're all getting exposed unless you lock them all into the to the uh i it wouldn't shock me if the nba does another stupid bubble again for the playoffs and if they do it's going to be on un- ball i can't watch their their bubble it's just it's terrible hope they don't do it but they could last night by the way in the nba bucks beat the magic 121 to 99 grizzly 101 91 winners over the cavaliers hornets Beat the terrible New York Knicks. They ter- they continue to play absolutely awful. And in that game, by the way, Gordon Hayward went off 34 points. The Wizards, 128-107 over the Suns. Bradley Beal, 34 points. Hawks, 112-94 winners over the 76ers. Trey Young with 26. And the Trailblazers... Win by a point, 112-111 over the Raptors. C.J. McCullum went for 30 points. Kings also knocked off the, the Pacers. And real quick, if, you, if you're looking at the standings, I try, I try to do this once a week. It's hard to do it early on. But looking at the Eastern Conference standings, uh, the Celtics do have the best record in the league right now. They are 7-3. Bucks are 7-4 along with the Sixers and over the Western conference, the Lakers, no surprise had the best record in the NBA at uh, eight and three. And then the Clippers and Suns are six and four. You've got the jazz trailblazers, red, hot golden state warriors, all with four losses along with the Mavs and the thunder. And so there you have it. Um, Tonight on the NBA, we got Tuesday night action. Um, so there's only a couple of games on, but 76ers Heat. We just talked about the Celtics and Bulls have been postponed. So you got 76ers Heat. You've got the Lakers and Rockets on NBA TV. And that doubleheader is finished with the Pacers and Warriors on NBA TV. So. There you have that. That should be a really uh, interesting game. Um, I, w- I hope the Celtics get back to playing, man. I, I get tired. Between them and Florida State basketball, I mean, everything's getting postponed. I've got no rooting interest. Basketball's not a sport that I just sit down and watch any team play. My team has to be playing, and though I've always been a quasi-Duke uh, fan with Shashevsky, he really turned me off with some of the things he said during the offseason. I'm trying to let it go, but tonight in college basketball, here, here's some interesting one, Tennessee nine and one They're go to Vanderbilt, seven o'clock. That could be a good game. Uh, Wisconsin and Michigan number seven versus number nine. That's at seven o'clock too. That's on ESPN. That should be a hell of a game. On the ACC network, said Duke, 19th in the country. They go to number 20, Virginia Tech. So don't sleep on that. And here's another big one. You don't think about this. West Virginia's 13th in the country. They're going to number two, Baylor. That game has been postponed. So that was one of the big ones I had circled to talk about today, and we had to kick that backwards. And uh, also uh, tonight, Kansas is playing Oklahoma State. Kansas is ranked number. Six in the country, which c- should come to nobody's surprise, uh, other ACC games, Miami and Boston college play tonight. So you got that. That's on uh, ACC plus. And we see on the sec, Miami's actually doing pretty good so far. They're only one and four in the ACC, but they are five and five. And in the sec, let's see if we get any other games of interest, uh, Ole Miss in Florida, sec network, seven o'clock tonight in Alabama, Kentucky, I'm a little surprised Alabama's not ranked yet. They're 9-3. They're 4-0 in the SEC, and they're not ranked. Alabama, they are at Kentucky, who they are. So this is a battle of undefeated in the SEC, and neither one of them are ranked. That's a shocker. They have they played poorly outside their conference. Not not Alabama. Alabama was okay, but Kentucky was absolutely dreadful outside the conference. But that should be a great game. 9 o'clock tonight. That's probably your best sec matchup because unless vanderbilt tennessee rival or kicks in it's going to be a little bit of a snooze fest all right it's time to turn back time get the hell out of here i running over a little bit so here we go if i could turn back time if I could On this date,
1: 1946,
0: uh, the dreaded move west began. The NFL champion, Cleveland Rams. Yeah, I'm saying that right. Those of y'all not aware of that, the Rams were once in Cleveland. They are given permission to move to Los Angeles. And so it begins. Of course, they would, move, they would eventually move back to St. Louis and then back to L.A., but the 46 Cleveland Rams that was that was the first big really 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 big move out west um, of course right after that you would get the the Dodgers and the Giants and all that other would go through uh, also on this date 1964 14th Pro Bowl in LA uh, Memorial Coliseum the Western Conference beat the Eastern Conference. Thirty-one seventeen. Johnny Unitas was quarterback for the Baltimore Colts, and he was uh, MVP. The defensive MVP was Marchetti, Gino Marchetti from the uh, Baltimore Colts as well. Colts were a hell of a damn franchise for a long time. People don't realize that in the in the fifties and sixties. I mean, they they were it in the NFL. They they were when you said Baltimore Colts, they were up there with the Cleveland. Excuse me. You said Baltimore Colts. You were talking about Green Bay Packers. I mean, those those were the elite in the National Football League. Birthdays! It's your birthday today. Uh, he passed away in 2011, but still one of my favorite fighters of all time, although I barely remember because he was my dad's favorite fighter, Smoking Joe Frazier. Smoking Joe Frazier was born on this date in 1944, and... Uh, Also on this, I'll tell you what, some talent was born on this date. Tim Horton, the famous Tim Horton hockey player. Of course, he he died tragically at the age of 44. Uh, He was born on this date. Uh, Of guys who are still with us that we should celebrate, Dominique Wilkins is 61 years old. What? Get out of here. Human highlight reel is 61. That's unreal. My, it's still my favorite dunker of all time. He had the most violent dunks. He did him in game. He did him. He got robbed. He he was robbed by that by the uh, the slam dunk championship that took place in Chicago. They gave it to Jordan because he was in Chicago. Dominique Wilkins won that damn thing. Go back. Here. That was one of the things that I did watch during the pandemic. I rewatched that. That was absurd. I guess that's one of the good things that came out of that is we get to revisit our history and. And, uh, you know, you kind of, uh, get to learn, you get to learn some things. You also get to remember some things. Cause sometimes, yeah, you haven't seen something in 20, 30 years. It's like a movie. You're like, Oh, I forgot it happened this way. I don't know why she's popping up. I guess cause her name is sporty spice, but sporty spice is 46 years old. I would have actually thought she was older, and that's been a while. Cade McCown, remember him? 43 years old. Man, they thought he was going to be the man. That, that was a huge bust. Dontrell Willis, one of my favorite broadcasters, and I wasn't a big fan of him when he was playing because he played for Miami. Of course, the rivalry was there. He did play for Detroit and whatnot. But uh, Dontrell Willis, 38 years old. Happy birthday to Dontrell Willis. I, I enjoy the hell out of him on Fox baseball, and they need to give him more, not less. He is really good. I think he doesn't get to sit at the big boy table because they like to put the superstars. What do they got? A-Rod. They have Big Poppy now and Frank Thomas. All right, let's kick A-Rod out. He's he's terrible. He's boring. Can we put Dontrell Willis in there? Dontrell Willis. He's funny, and he has great takes on on pitching. I love everything that Don Charles Willis does on Fox Baseball. They need to do more of it. We'll see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday. Sean will be here, and and we will uh, continue the great debate. We'll be be back manana. Thanks for watching the Armchair Quarterbacks app, and uh, get someone to subscribe today. We'll see you tomorrow.
2: (laughs) Goodbye,
0: sweetheart. It's time to go do, 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 do. We're
1: back tomorrow With another show Well, unless we're fired We'll talk to you then
0: Goodbye, sweetheart Goodbye Goodbye Guys and gals, it's time to go We'll see you on the next show Same back time, same back channel Thanks for listening to Armchair Quarterback Radio Your first choice for sports talk here on the First Coast ha, ha, ha. Armchair Quarterback Radio comes your way every day Find Armchair Quarterbacks Radio on Facebook today And don't forget to tap that app The Armchair Quarterbacks app is free to download And you can take us anywhere you go You can hear the whole show every day on Armchair Quarterbacks app Get
2: again another cigarette
0: you haven't downloaded it yet your armchair quarterbacks app is the best app you can tap today google android apple iphone that's right download it tap that app today you can take the armchair quarterbacks app anywhere free to download free to use and important to have download it today tap that armchair quarterbacks app for the best in southeast sports talk listen live or catch the replay i kinda like
1: that i want it.